Hello and welcome to Krina Okumus podcast. I'm your host, Krina, and I love talking to inspirational people from the world of fashion, beauty, and health. I feel a special connection to my guests because I built my own successful fashion business years ago. I'm very familiar with the challenges that come with running a business, especially as a woman, but I also know that challenges bring out the very best in people and create some of the most fulfilling experience in life. That's why I love talking to my guests about their career journey, what they learn from overcoming major obstacles, what happened when they follow their true dreams, but as well, so many information about fashion, beauty, and health. In today's show, we are speaking with Nika Pasquale, entrepreneur, acupuncturist, herbalist, and author and founder of Urban Remedy, a company specialized in certified organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, and vegan products. I had a previous episode with her when we were focusing about the whole entrepreneurship experience, how she built her company from five to almost 500 people, and so many advices that she would she was really sharing with us. On today's podcast, we are focusing about food and the healing power. What do we need to eat organic? Why do we need to eat organic? And what happens if we don't? What are the most important questions when we should ask if we really care about our health, even when we go out to eat? How do genetically modified foods impact our overall health? We take a deep dive into all these and many more interesting questions. And now, Let's get to my conversation with the amazing Nika Pasquale. And so what our, will be besides yeah. the food? You mentioned the red light sauna, which I'm doing almost every day now. I have my tent at home and I love it. Oh, good. Um, yeah. What else do you recommend um, to the people to really, um, what are the tools that you recommend to the people besides the food, which I want to go much deeper um, in the next minutes, but I really want mm-hmm. to hear your whole other, other tips that they really should follow. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, the most important thing, I mean, I think it's like a puzzle. There's, you know, the food that you eat, there's the environment you live in, there's your mindset, there's your community, and then there's your like own personal, you know, and we all have our own personal um, issues or struggles mm-hmm. that we're working on. But I think the most important thing is that, you know, I can't speak to Europe, but I can speak to the United States is that we're really taught that our bodies are not healing machines. And we're really, you know, here in the United States, like if you're watching a TV show, like every other commercial talks about like, if you have cancer or if you're depressed or if you're in pain, take this pill and, you know, here are the crazy side effects. And, you know, we're really taught that to be healthy, you go to the doctor, and there's a pill that's going to solve whatever problem it is. If you have a headache, you know, you're gonna take an Advil or whatever it is. And it's created a culture that has really um, taken away people's own understanding about their body's own innate capacity to heal. So I think for me, that's like the first thing is that reminding people that your body is made to heal and that the capacity that your body has to heal itself is so much greater than we ever imagined or ever thought. 
And the things that you need to do to heal your body are actually really simple. And these are just like the sim most simple foundational pieces to healing. Like, you know, you can go down so many rabbit holes and it's like, if you're chronically ill, you can try to take a zillion supplements or you can like go to a zillion doctors and they'll tell you, everybody will tell you something different and they have different paths. And, and there are a lot of different paths to healing. Um, and then there's like the whole like biohacking and it's like, when you talk about biohacking, it's like, do you have to hack? Like the word hack, like, do you have to hack your body to be healthy? No, you don't have to hack your body. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with biohacking because I know, you know, for some people, you know, it's a really interesting journey and you can find different healing mythologies, but it's still saying something is wrong and your body can't just heal. You have to hack it. You have to take a pill. You have to do all these things. But in reality, um, our bodies are connected to nature and the natural environment. And it, it goes back to the tenets of Chinese medicine, even and Ayurvedic medicine is that when we're living in harmony with nature, um, that is, you know, our body is nature and our body is fully connected to the sun rising and the sun setting and um, the leaves falling off the trees and, you know, all of the things that happen during the different seasons. And so when you can live in harmony with nature in a very simple way, then you are really giving your body the opportunity to heal. And it's simple and very complex at the same time, but it's like, mm -hmm. you know, you wake up in the morning and you get sunshine on your face and your eyes and your body, and that helps your circadian rhythm and it helps your brain to wake up and produce more serotonin and feel good hormones and gets your circadian rhythm ready so that, you know, later when it's darker outside, your body is ready to go to sleep because you're living in harmony with a natural world around you. You know, you're drinking really clean, spring water that comes from the earth you're taking time to be in nature and you know touch the earth and put your feet in the dirt and you know breathe in all of the different um things that are in the air that is going to support your microbiome and it's like you're connecting with the roots of the trees and and the sun and the sky you know and the stars because that's what we've forgotten like how simple mm. all of those things are and and in my opinion those are really the most important foundational pieces to heal. And if you're not doing those things, but you're trying to take, you know, a pill or, or a supplement or whatever, it's like, we're almost trying to force our bodies to do things that they naturally want to do. Um, but for me, like that's the foundational piece and once, and it's difficult because we're kind of brainwashed to think that there's so many other things that we can do, or just thinking like, oh, I'm going to live my life and not eat healthy food and not breathe clean air and use toxic, you know, chemicals to clean my house and spray, you know, perfume candles and, you know, all of these things that, you know, really create disruption in the body because when you're breathing in chemicals all the time, and now we know, you know, that glyphosate is raining down in the air. So it's undebatable that we're surrounded by chemicals and we're exposed to all of these things. So we do, that's the importance of drinking clean water, exercising, making sure our detox pathways are open. Um, and then the importance of eating clean food, right? Because we already are exposed to chemicals. So, you know, when you're taking, you know, the, when you're, when you're making choices and you're using non-toxic chemicals, non-toxic beauty products, 
Um, you know, if you need to use an air purifier, depending on where you live, making sure you move your body and eating organic food that's not sprayed with toxic chemicals. You know, those are things that are just like all the foundational pieces of health, right? Right. And, and so it's, you know, it's a lot. And sometimes we want to not even think about those things and be like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to go to my job and eat my fast food and like go to sleep late and, you know, do all these things. And then we're really living out of harmony with nature. Once you start like trying to live in harmony with nature and take time to look at the beauty surrounding you or just like go on a hike or something like that. Those are the things that really get your body in the place where your body's working properly. And when you do that, you also notice it really changes your nervous system and your mind. And then there's all the puzzle pieces that you put together. Like I just said, like making sure you're eating healthy food and really making sure you're doing something that you love. Like, you, you know, you spend so much time everyday working like are you doing something that really inspires you that makes you feel good or something you're passionate about or that's fun for you i mean there's all of those things that make a huge difference you know in in our health in our mental health and our physical health which you know fully go together i think it's actually very nice that you keep that yeah just i know it, the, the the list is long um i know we don't have too much time but i want to go again to the clean part because you mentioned mm -hmm. that a uh, clean food it's very important and i want to really speak a little bit about the clean food because maybe some of some of the people i mean even for me i had to really um live in san francisco um to really understand what really means clean in Switzerland, yeah. I never paid attention. In Europe, I never paid attention so much of the food um, because it was not so much a pain point as I started to really feel it very strong uh, when I started to be a little bit uh, younger, let's say. And I really felt when I eat the wrong food, actually my body really tells me that this is not okay. What means clean food, Nika? Okay, so I mean, one of the things that I make fun of myself about is I am a total freak about food. And so just, you know, being, a healthcare practitioner and then like you know studying food as medicine and really uh, you know my other thing that i love to study and learn more about is you know farming and our especially like big ag in the united states and monocrops and things like that so you know you can't talk about clean food and kind of not talk about how we grow and our farming system especially in the united states and so um one thing that I learned very early on when I started treating people in my practice was, you know, certain people are kind of like canary in the coal mines and are very sensitive to um, certain things like genetically modified foods or, um, you know, pesticides or herbicides that are used in the farming system. And so um, a lot of times, like in my own practice, as soon as I would switch people to eating an all organic diet, I would see a huge change in their health outcomes. And so that number, that's like a number one thing. Like if somebody has a chronic illness or is suffering from allergies or things like that, it's really critical to move to all organic because non-organic food um, and even non-GMO food, non-GMO verified food is still sprayed with, we use a lot of toxic chemicals here in the United States and things like glyphosate and there's a bunch of other herbicides and pesticides that are used. Um, and when you look at the quality, like I talked about the food, the, the energetics of food, the way that food is grown really affects like the energetic quality of food. So like I always say, it sounds kind of hippie and funny, but I always say there's like high vibe food and there's low vibe food. And so when you eat food that's genetically modified or you eat food from monocrops, 
Um, you're eating food where the vibrational health benefits of that food are very low. And when you eat food that's grown in sunshine with like, you know, mineral rich soil, you know, it, hopefully that's regeneratively grown or organically grown, you're eating food that the quality of the food is so much higher and has so many more health benefits. But, but that's related to farming. And then beyond that, there's like a lot of because of um, monocrop farming and things like that, like here, you know, we mostly grow corn and soy and wheat. Um, and you know, those are um, a lot of genetically modified crops. And then they're also sprayed with a lot of toxic pesticides and chemicals. And so then you look at like the byproducts of those crops, because we need, you know, we're trying to use every part of the corn. So there's like, you know, corn and there's like all the corn flour and corn chips and corn, this and corn that and corn starch and corn syrup, you know, and all of the, and there's all of those products. And then there's, you know, all of the soy products and the wheat products. And, you know, when you're eating things that are, you're eating things that are either kind of cleansing and healing the body and promoting the healing capacity of the body, or you're eating foods, um, you know, that kind of stop that process. And so there's like all of the toxic industrialized seed oils, like canola oil and safflower oil and vegetable oils. Um, you know, there's, you know, even the salt that you choose, you could choose like mineral rich sea salt or pink Himalayan salt, which is rich in, you know, trace minerals, or you can use, you know, regular table salt, which is stripped of all of the minerals and has really no nutritional value. And then it has iodine that's, you know, but like um, if you have to in. choose between Himalaya salt or sea salt, is it the difference here? I, I mean, that's when you're, no, I mean, yes and no. I mean, that's where you're getting into, so that's the kind of thing that can, like, I don't, I think it's important not to make yourself crazy with those kinds of things. Okay. Like if, if you're eating sea salt or pink salt, you're eating mineral rich salt, right? So it's fine. Yes. Okay. But it's like more looking at like the other things, like when you go out to eat, you know, most of the time, if you ask a restaurant, what kind of oil excuse me, do you use in your salad dressings or what kind of oil are you sauteing or frying in? And 90% of the time, if not like 99% of the time, it is like a canola oil or a seed oil or a vegetable, you know, a yucky vegetable oil. And but what's oils... happening with this kind of oil? Like if you use this kind of oil, what is the... Oh, it causes, it just causes inflammation in your body. It promotes metabolic dysfunction. Um, it's, it's really like health degrading. Mm. And so I think if you just like keep it simple and look at it as inflammatory, mm. um, you know, that covers really a vast majority of the, you know, the functionality that happens in your body when you eat these things. So um, that will be a good exercise for, for us to just ask mm -hmm. about this. And then I was thinking even about how many restaurants they are actually doing organic part, how many they are really using yeah, bio organic products. I don't think there are so many. That's why we know to eat at home. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very rare. So if you go and ask, even here in California, where we have so many farms and like we have a whole farm to table culture, I find when I go out to eat, I'll say, oh, or do you, is this organic? And they'll like, and the like kind of standard statement is, oh, we use organic where we can. And so it's really to be able to find a place where you can eat, where you know that everything that you're eating is 100% organic and they're not using like toxic seed oils is it's, it's, I don't want to say impossible because there are places 
you know, there's like Cafe Gratitude, which I absolutely love, which we, unfortunately we don't have where I live. And then there's um, like obviously Urban Remedy, we're 100% certified organic. And then most of the other places say we use organic where we can. And um, there are like a lot of times you can find like a local place that will do it. But even here, it's very rare. Like to find a place that uses only healthy oils and only serves like grass-fed pasture-raised meats like that's very very rare you know that i think that's the other travesty um in the united states for people that eat meat is that the majority of meat that people eat and buy in the grocery store is factory farmed which is really yeah. you know a whole other you could do a whole podcast on that but it's yeah it's and not, i actually yeah. i actually recommend people if they really want to learn more about it they should really watch we eat animals you remember we we, oh, we yeah. watch it I, together we've been together oh, yes. we met together the director of this amazing documentary and actually when you go from san francisco to to la and you take highway number five i think you yeah. really you can already feel the smell a few kilometers um, before yeah. you arrive to all these places and if you're you can really see in the conditions i mean everything is basically mud yeah. it's brown they don't have any grass yeah conditions that they have on the top of how they've been treated i have to say after i saw that um that documentary and i really said you know what at least i can do that i can open my eyes until the end of the movie and i can really see the the reality because guys we really have to understand what's happening around us and especially what we eat i remember after that i couldn't eat meat anymore and even now um, yeah i pay attention where i eat the from where I is know. it i'm going directly to the farm to see the the animals and really i do seldom that um but you know nika i think it's very important to really mention because everyone you know it's it's kind of um, a big discussion about organic and I hear a lot of discussions related to that topic because ah, it's very expensive and why I should pay that and why I should do that and actually in my case I prefer to buy less quantity but really have it organic because like this like you said it's certified it's it's um, non-gmo but as well we speak about all the sprays that they are on mm -hmm. our, all our food and of course, the most important thing, I think it's the soil. We destroy the soil with all these sprays, but I know you are, you, you, you study very well this topic on your podcast that I recommend everyone to follow Urban Remedy um, podcast. And I know you have a lot of um, guests related to this topic because I know you are fascinated and I know how important it is for us. Can you tell us what's really happening, for example, when you spray um, a plant that we are eating, what's happening with that bug that is sprayed? Because that was a very shocking part. Mm -hmm. Well, it depends on the spray that Obviously, they're using, yeah. but um, well, if you're eating genetically modified crops, so if you're eating like corn that's genetically modified, it's been genetically modified so that it can be sprayed with glyphosate and that the corn won't, it won't kill the corn, but it's going to kill all the weeds that are around the corn. And then the bug, the poor bugs, you know, naturally we, we want certain bugs to be in our soil because it shows that the soil is healthy. We want worms and, you know, all different kinds of, of bugs to be growing and living and insects, you know, as pollinators and um, for soil health. And um, so when they're sprayed with something like glyphosate, it goes into their systems and it makes their stomachs explode and it pokes holes in, in, in the bugs so that they die. Um, and then when you eat this corn, you actually, it, it is in the corn, the pesticides, you can't even, you can't wash glyphosate off. It doesn't wash off. So there's a theory that when you eat 
the genetically modified corn that's sprayed with glyphosate, that it is a huge promoter of leaky gut because it gets into our system and then does the same thing and pokes little holes in our gut and is one of the you know, underlying causes of leaky gut, which is really a huge problem. Like so many people um, in our country have leaky gut for many reasons and that, that being one of them. Um, so it is really, Crazy. so I would say, you know, I, I think that like when you really start doing research and really understand what the herbicides and the pesticides that our food are sprayed with number one, and then, you know, if you read up even on the side effects of these, like people, farmers, you know, one of the biggest travesties is, you know, the people that are growing our food that are, you know, having to pick the food and process the food once it's, it's been sprayed, you know, those people have a much higher rate of cancer and having their children having birth defects. And um, so that's one thing that's that's really a travesty. And then, you know, just what it's doing to our soil. I mean, it's really killing our soil and creating the soil that is not live. And our soil is life. I mean, our soil is, like I said before, it's a direct representation of our own microbiome and our own health. And so, once you start learning about this, it feels really overwhelming and you kind of think, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like the, the world is coming to an yeah. end, but well, it's, it's really not, it's not that. So like, there's not, you know, personally, you know, everybody works and has the, you know, the things that, that they do. Um, so it's, you can't necessarily be an activist for everything, but what you can do is buy certified organic food. So every time that you go to the grocery store, whether you're buying milk or, fruits or vegetables or crackers or whatever it is, when you are buying certified organic, you are voting with your dollars and you're telling big food companies that this is what you want. And so, you know, over the last 10 years, big food companies have seen that organic is the biggest growing industry. And so that's why now you can go into Costco or Safeway or, you know, the bigger grocery chains and they they will sell you know certified organic fruits and vegetables and products but we need to keep doing it more so like you might go to the store and see like milk or eggs that's like a dollar more or yogurt and every time that you choose organic you are voting with your dollars and you are being an activist because that is the one way that people big companies are going to look at what you want and they're going to pivot to that and they're going to pivot to where they can make money and i think that um, you know, the fruits and vegetables are really important. And really, like if you eat dairy, that is critical because the way that non-organic um, animals in the dairy industry are treated is really horrific. So you're also um, not only voting with your dollars for organic, but you're voting for animal welfare. So when things are certified organic, the welfare of the animals is one of the parts of the certification. And so it, it's just, you know, that's one way you can be a food activist is just by, you know, spending a few more dollars by choosing organic. And that's that's probably the number one thing I think people can do to try to make change. That's really, really important. And at the end, it's not so difficult. And like I said, sometimes, you know, like I just prefer to, and I, all the time I buy organic, but I prefer to buy less, even though obviously it's more expensive, but um, you prefer, I prefer to invest now in me than invest afterwards to the doctors and to all the whole healthy problems that can happen in time if I don't um, yeah. pay attention of this. 
Yeah, no, it's very true. It's like you're either going to pay for your health by, you know, spending a little bit more on the foods that you eat or, you know, it can catch up with you later by, you know, exposing yourself and your family. There's a, there's another really good film. And now I can't remember. Um, there's a great book by Michelle Pero called What's Making Our Children Sick. And then there's another documentary by Jeffrey Smith. And he follows a bunch of families that are dealing with critical health issues like autism. And once they switch um, these families and these children to all organic from non-organic, um, they have huge, huge gains and huge health uh, benefits from eating organic food. So it is, you know, every time you yeah. eat something, it creates a chemical reaction in your body. And why would Actually, you want to put chemicals in your body? It's true. just, you know, Actually, uh, I love Michelle Pero, and actually, I have a podcast related to this topic with her. Oh and, yeah, um, yeah, as well, um, the founder of uh, Good Earth that we spoke a lot about this, um, yep. the whole agriculture topic, which I think I invite uh, our listeners to check it out if they they want to learn more and invest in their health. Um, yeah, we are kind of at the end of the year, and we will eat probably a little bit more than we should during the whole and uh, holiday season. Um, but then we start with the whole detox part and i know it's luckily in a way it's kind of a trend now there are so many detox parts but i want you i want to ask you because you are really um the specialist in that why do we need to detox first well i think it's everything we just said it's like you know if you're eating food that's not clean and you know we're all exposed to pesticides whether we like it or not and you know usually our water has fluoride and all kinds of you know pharmaceuticals in it so you know we're exposed just living in this earth where we are right now we're all exposed to different toxic chemicals so cleansing and detoxing is important i think it's more like a part of everyday life that should be incorporated, which means like looking at your body care products and looking at what you're washing your dishes with and cleaning your floors with and not using like air sprays or perfume, you know, that kind of stuff. Cause all of that is toxic and it creates more of a toxic burden on your body. So it's like every day making choices for clean, you know, healthy products um, that you're using in your home. Um, and on your body. And then, you know, it's eating healthy. So it's like, you know, every time you're looking at what you're eating, you can ask yourself, is this cleansing my body or is this clogging my body? And foods that are high in water content, so those are fruits and vegetables and things that naturally have water content in them. Those, all of those foods tend to be very cleansing um, and anything that's processed. So anything that's in a package, you know, that has a long shelf life that's made with flowers or seed oils or white sugar or white flour, things like that. Those are foods that tend to be, you know, clogging to your body. If you're gonna eat meat, you know, choosing pasture-raised organic meat rather than things that are highly processed like um, sausages or cured meats or, um, you know, any highly processed non-organic meat. Those are things that are going to clog your body. And so it, you just, I try to keep it, I try to keep it really high level and simple so people don't get feel, cause you can get really neurotic and weird about all of that, you know, and get into fear. So it's not being about in fear, it's just making choices and eating really simple foods. Like the more nutrient dense, simple foods you eat, the better, you know, it's like eating, you know, roasting a bunch of like purple and bright, 
orange and yellow foods, you know, just by looking at the color of the food and knowing there's a high water content there, you know that you're getting all kinds of like beautiful antioxidants and polyphenols and things that are going to support your detoxification pathways and fight free radicals. And so you don't even have to get too deep into it. It's really just like eating, you know, food that is very colorful, as, as colorful as you have access to. And then things that are just very simple. The most simple foods are, you know, the most healing foods. It's so funny. It's an expression that if my grandmother recognized the food, first of all, then it's a good sign because there are so yes. many processed food that they kind of replacing different things. And I mean, they, they are produced in the lab and, you know, you think, ah, oh, I just, you know, eat something yummy, but actually you don't know actually what you are eating. I think this is another, another one <laughs> to yeah. really just eat the raw. Um, if I just push a little bit more to be more specific about like in the morning, for example, what do you recommend? Like something easy, something powerful, but what, what, what do you recommend for a, for a, a healthy breakfast, a simple he healthy breakfast? Well, I would say like, a, 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 if you're looking for cleansing, detoxifying. No, just like a lifestyle. I think this approach of a lifestyle, at the end of the day, we have to all have a yeah. lifestyle with that, not just the, the going to the cleanse part. Yeah. So I would say, you know, if you want to wake up and like, you know, really start your day the right way, you wake up in the morning and everybody has a different, some people have kids or don't have kids, but you wake up in the morning. You know, the first thing that you, you can do is just, you know, kind of connect to your body and just say, oh, like, good morning and uh, today and just like have some sort of sense of gratitude. So uh, today is going to be a beautiful day. Thank you, you know, body for waking up and today is going to be such a beautiful day. And just like really starting your day with some sort of connection to your body and positivity or gratitude. And then if it's, a, if it's sunny in the morning before, you know, you do anything or you could wake up and get a glass of warm water and you could put lemon juice or chlorophyll or just a glass of water. You could sprinkle some Himalayan pink salt if you want to remineralize and then sitting in the sun, even if you just do it for three to five minutes, closing your eyes, letting the sun shine, just shine on your eyes while your eyes are closed and you sip your water. If you have time to do a meditation, that's great. If you have time to put your feet on the earth or take a little walk, that's even better. Um, and then, you know, starting your day with, and I really think that like everybody's bodies are different. Everybody has a different health goal and a different constitution. And some people can like start their day with like a juice or a smoothie, but other people might not want to start their mornings with something cold. For some people, it's better for them to start their mornings with something warm. Um, so I think it depends on, you know, each person's health issues or goals, but starting the morning with something healthy. So for some people, it could be like a colorful smoothie or for other people, it might be like some steamed, you know, some millet or something with some like spirulina or something like that. That's more warm. It just depends on the person. Um, but I think that's like a really simple, great way. First, you want to flush out your body with some water. Um, and you could change up between like lemon or chlorophyll or a little sea salt. Um, and then giving your body a chance because your body's still going through the detox process. So when you drink the water, you're kind of helping to flush everything out and get moving. And then, um, yeah, the other things that I said are just a really great way because, you know, having gratitude and connecting with nature first thing in the morning is such a great way 
um, to start your day on the right foot mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And then the rest of your day kind of flows. And again, you know, it's asking yourself, you know, it's not overeating, you know, that's another big one that's going to clog your body. Even if you're eating really healthy food, if you're overeating and eating too much, then, you know, you're kind of slowing down the metabolic process and making the spleen and the stomach work really hard. Um, so it's eating, you know, a normal amount of food and, you know, eating foods that are in their natural state, uh, like I said, that are colorful um, and nutrient dense. And like every once in a while, we're all going to eat food, you know, that we know is maybe not the best for us, but then also still just blessing it and being like, I'm going to enjoy this to the fullest. And I'm so happy that I'm eating this and I'm not going to have guilt. And tomorrow I'm going to choose to eat a little bit better. You know, it's also about just like accepting and loving ourselves and knowing that we're not going to be perfect hundred percent of the time. And what we do when we have a sugar craving and we really don't want to cheat on that day. You know, I mean, I think eating like some dark chocolate or like if I get a, a sweet craving, sometimes I'll just eat something with like a little bit of stevia on it um, just to get the sweet, you know, like I know you love matcha, so you can mm. use matcha, yeah. some monk fruit or stevia and some, you know, oat milk um, or something like that. But, you know, a lot of people are addicted to sugar and sweets. And so, you know, sometimes in the in the new year, it's a good opportunity to kind of, you know, stop that addiction. And sometimes if you could just stop eating sugar for like five to seven days, your body will, it's a little bit hard those first, that first week, but then you'll find, oh my God, I'm not craving this anymore. And then you start tasting the other flavors of foods and really enjoying like salty and sour and spicy and, you know, in Chinese medicine, all of the flavors are good for you and they all have a benefit, but the real key is to balance out all the flavors. So you don't want to always eat sweet or salty or sour or bitter or spicy. You want to like have a balance of flavors that you, you know, that you eat. So, um, sweet has benefits to it. It, it tonifies and supports the spleen and stomach and helps with fatigue. But if you take it to a level where you're eating too much, then it does the opposite and it causes fatigue and sluggishness. So it's really about balance all the time. It's so much about yeah. it. what is your favorite, what is your favorite meal? Like, I don't mm. know from urban remedy or in general, like if you have to choose one, um, you know, it's a tough one. <laughs> it's so tough food. for me. I love food. I mean, and, I, you know, I think I want to mention something for the ones that they never tried urban remedy. Besides it is very clean, organic, local produced and everything else. It's super yummy and loose, looks amazing because sometimes, I, you know, I, I, at the beginning, I thought that, you know, if you eat healthy means that you have to punish yourself. Actually, with Urban Remedy, I really learned that I can enjoy food and I can really combine them in such a beautiful way, which, by the way, I think all the chefs in all the restaurants should really take a, 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 a class because the combination of the food can be good or can be bad, right? This is yep. another topic, but yep. yeah, why, it's true. you know, it's, it's not only how he's looking, it's uh, the whole benefits and everything. But I want to just say your food, everything that you make and we prepare looks amazing and is delicious. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, I, I mean, that's really what has always been my goal with Urban Remedy is to make food that nourishes your body, but really 
tastes good. I mean, eating is such a sensual experience and we want to like, part of it is really that enjoyment, right? When you eat right. and you're like, especially when you're sitting with people you love and you're laughing mm. and this you're like- This is your Italian side, by the yeah, way. totally, I know. Because she's half Italian, so <laughs> this yes. is her Italian part. And so for me, I'm always like, I want, I don't want people to feel like they're eating this food because it's healthy. I want them to eat it because it tastes good and it makes them happy and it just feels good for your body. And that's what, that's the feedback I love is like, oh, I love your food. It tastes good. But I feel, I also feel so good after I eat it. Like we have things like like raw cacao chocolate mousse and tiramisu and raw pumpkin pie, you know, that's all dairy-free and white sugar-free. And it tastes so good and it's indulgent, but after you eat it, you don't feel tired. You don't have that crash. And so for me, that's what it's all about. It's like really enjoying life, enjoying your food, and then being able to feel really good. Like what's better than that? Because at the end, the food has to give you the energy and not the opposite part, right? Yep. Yeah, you have totally. to be full of energy after that and to really jump around and be ready for the next part of the day. Yes, yes, totally. What do we do with the dinner side? Because on the dinner side, we don't want to have too much energy, even though in some cultures, uh, the dinner is the most important. Like if we think about Spain, it's like they're they are going to eat at 10. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's great. I mean, like everybody's lifestyle is different. And it's, and it's all just the same, right? It's like eating like simple food that's beautiful and that it tastes good. And if you, if you, if you know, culturally you eat at 10 o'clock and you're laughing and you're staying up and you're enjoying it with your family. Dancing, ideally. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what's more beautiful than that? It's like, that's I don't true. think there should be these like hard steadfast rules that make people feel, you know, like they're doing something wrong. Like if that's how you've grown up and you're happy, like that's beautiful. And there's, there's nothing wrong with it, you know? And I think a lot of like, you know, these, these other cultures where there's this simplicity and this enjoyment and all of that, like to eat something in joy is like the best thing. Like I, years ago, I studied um, NAET, it's an allergy elimination technique. And one of the things I learned was that, um, you know, for example, if you're a kid and let's say you're eating scrambled eggs and you're sitting there with your parents and they get in a really big fight and you know you see your dad screaming at your mom or hitting her or something something traumatic right where you're eating these eggs and your body's experiencing um you know adrenaline and fear when you're eating this that a lot of people think there can be a emotional connection that turns into a physical food sensitivity or reactivity because your body then the next time you're eating that food is like oh the last time i ate eggs you know something traumatic or something happened so there's this whole technique you can do that can help to like clear clear that but there's a lot of things like that so when you're eating in joy and you're happy like your body's going to digest better if you're sitting and you're thinking like oh i shouldn't be eating this food or i'm so pissed off or you know oh, why am i doing this to myself or i hate myself or i'm just not a beautiful person or whatever it is it's like your body it slows down your digestive process it, it your body's excreting you know hormones and chemicals that are all like you know causing inflammation and all of those things so like i said there's a lot of pieces to health and it's not just what you're eating it's like another part really big part is like your state of mind 
Wow, such an interesting topic. I love that. I mean, with you, I'm all the time learning so many and my list is so big. I mean, I want to touch so many points, but let's do another episode together. I want yes. to have your last, uh, my, my last question to you to, for today. Okay. And that's actually my favorite one. Um, if you are going back to little Nika, then when she's 10 years old, what will be um, one advice that you will tell to you your, yourself? Oh, I would tell myself, like if there's one thing that I wish I would have known when I was a kid and the one thing I would love to really teach my son is that you're just perfect the way you are. Like nothing is wrong. There's nothing to fear, like being safe in your body, trusting your body, you know, connecting that you are part of everything, that you're part of this beautiful earth and sun and moon and stars. And that, you know, that is the most important thing that you are perfect. You know, I think that's the thing that we forget. Like we're born these like, you know, joyful creatures that just want to like drink our milk and just, you know, sleep. And then all of a sudden we figure out, or we learn that, you know, there's all these things to be scared of, or there's all these ways that we have to act or be to be loved. And really the truth is, we have everything that we need and we're perfect just the way we are. So I think, you know, sometimes I think about that. I'm like, God, if I would have known that, you know, when I was little, how different many things know, would life change. would be. Yeah. I, I want to thank you so much. And I hope that um, our listeners really took all the information and especially that part. I love it so much. I hope that because at the end we are all kids and we are all need to hear that. And I really hope that everyone took that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank Nika. you, Krina. I love amazing. you so much. I, I love, love you talking too. to you. That was the entrepreneur, acupuncturist, herbalist, author, and founder of Urban Remedy, Nika Pasquale. If you like today's show, please subscribe to my channel on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to your podcast. And don't forget to rate the show while you are at it. You can also tag us on social media posts. We are at at krina.okumus on Instagram. If you like this episode, it will help the show if you can leave a comment or send us a DM. I'm Krina, and you've been listening to Krina Okumus Show. <laughs>